Hey, I'm Pastor Rhonda. And I'm Pastor Seth. You're listening to Growing Hope. Living Faith. Welcome back, everybody. This is Growing Hope, Living Faith. We hope you're doing well. We are now inching into fall. Oh, I love it. Yes, I'm so excited. But yeah, the weather is just so great. And, yes, it is. Um, you know, taking the kids to school in the morning, it's like 55, 57 oh, degrees. And it's like, yeah. We had a bike ride Sunday afternoon and it was perfect. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. good. And uh, definitely my kind of weather. This is obviously football weather, too. So that's always a good thing. My team's not doing great, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was about to ask. How's yeah. that <laughs> but it's all right, you know, um, thick and thin, you know, thick and thin, and uh, still got a long season to go, and it may be a very, very long season for us, but uh, but that's all right, so it'll be good, and uh, you got to support them, like I said, thick and thin, so, um, but yeah, so I heard you had an interesting uh, <laughs> night last night. Yes. oh my goodness, I'm so tired. We did not sleep all night last night. Well, <laughs> why would that be? We normally go to bed pretty early, because my husband has to get up so early for work, and so we go to bed very early, and we were asleep, and our dogs sleep in our room, and their crates and that's what they do and I I fell asleep and this was probably close to midnight and I heard like a noise like someone it sounded like someone was like on the other end of our house Mm. and I kind of sat up and I looked and Eric was already sitting up and so I knew immediately you know and before I could even say anything our dog Bo he's our big doodle and he started barking like he was going to tear somebody up and I just looked at Eric, and I was like, someone is in this house. <laughs> and he's like, I know. <laughs> and I we're just, that's not the response you want back, right? <laughs> no. And so I just looked at him, and I was like, what are we going to do? And so Eric gets up, and he, like, creeps to the bedroom door, and he's peeking down the hallway, and he doesn't see anything. And I had my phone. I'm ready to call 911. <laughs> So instead of calling 911, um, it's not. It's really funny because when your kids are little, you're always taking care of them. Right. I wanted my son. I wanted Jesse. I knew he would be here quicker than the police could he be. He will come take care of the situation. <laughs> so I want my Jesse. So yeah, I text my son and because um, he doesn't live far away and um, didn't get a response. And so I thought, well, I am not going to let my husband go out there and get jumped, you know, by anybody. And if, if he's going to die tonight, so am I. <laughs> so I went out into the hallway, and he had already made it downstairs, but I'm, like, looking around, like, what am I going to do, you know? And I'm looking around, and um, and then I, I thought, well, I'll just get my dogs out to help. Yes. And I, maybe I shouldn't tell this side of the story. We've no, been, go ahead. We've that's been good. trying for our, for our dogs to help. That's why we bought a female. We want puppies. And so right. this is a season for her that that could happen yes and um so we i let Bo out first and i thought well if i let Bo out then honey's gonna flip out so as soon as i let my guard dogs my protective guard dogs out honey yeah. runs out and all Bo wants to do is just chase her around the house. <laughs> and so anyway long story short we never did find anything but we we are convinced that we heard something. Then we couldn't get Bo back to bed. We put Honey back in her crate, and Bo is like, "You're just ready to play, huh?" Yes. And so we had to. We never. We don't ever let him sleep with us, but we put something down on the bed so he could get up there with us. And <laughs> that was a long night because he wanted to be scratched and petted mm. all night long. So that's my story. Yay! Oh, we boy. never did find the noise though, but that, we heard it. You heard something. We did. Mm. Hopefully yes. you don't hear it again tonight. I know. It could be so. like a squirrel or a raccoon or something. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like footsteps. Right. 
but we heard there was a bang or a clang <laughs> or something, huh? Well, well, that's good. You got to preach this the past weekend. Yes, so how'd that it, go? It went great. I love our friends at Woodstock Church in the Nazarene. Yes. And um, I think you guys in Dalton had the same passage. I think we, Mark and I, Pastor Mark and I preached the same text. Uh, and, about um, forgiveness? That, yes, about forgiveness, about mm. the unmerciful servant. And um, mm. I told him, I said, when I first started, I was like, I love to worship with y'all. I love coming back here. And I just hope y'all like me when yeah. I get finished <laughs> because this is a hard text. It is it so is. hard. You don't want to go in as a guest preacher and say, y'all got to forgive. And if you don't, God's not going to uh, forgive you. You know, that's, you know, not what you want to say. Hi, my name is Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got good news to share. <laughs> but, um, but again, it has its place and there's a context and there's difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. So I try to touch on all that but man it was it was a a task to work our way through that yeah Yeah, lectionary is is no easy feat um you know preaching lectionary there's um i love it um you know i think it it does a great job of kind of taking me out of out of the equation you know i guess Mm -hmm. um which is good Uh, i think when i'm preaching i don't want to be you know in it but i just love how it flows you know last week it was about like this forgiveness, not being judgmental. Uh, you know, we saw that in the book of the Romans. Um, you know, how do we essentially give praise to God, especially when God brings us through things, you know, what's our response? And, um, right. so yeah, you know, I think it was, it was really, really good. Man, and then this week is just like, whew. Right. <laughs> it kind of extends that whole idea of not showing mercy. Right. And as I said, Sunday, mercy is a very, very big deal to God. Yes. You know, and, um, we see it even in, Further on in the book of Matthew, like when he's doing this great separation, right. you know, and uh, he, he goes through the, when I was hungry, you fed me part. Mm. And really, it's just a picture of mercy. And right. he's dividing the merciful from the unmerciful. Mm. And, um, you know, when when God's asked, you know, like, what do you want from me? And he's like, to act justly, to love mm. mercy and yep. walk humbly with God, yeah. you know, and mercy triumphs judgment. So mercy is a very, very big deal. I said Sunday that it's the heart of the gospel. Mm. I mean, it really is. And it's the heart of the expectations right. that God has for us. It's, right. He shows us mercy. We need to show mercy. Yeah. You know, and I, I think lots of times we hear the word justice, you know, we think that um, I mean, that's, that's a, a characteristic we give God a lot. And God is right. a very just God. He and um and so um it's it's easy for us to personify what we think justice and true justice mm-hmm. is on god and to put that onto god um, but i think god's justice is, is a lot different than our, our justice right. you know and um, right. i don't know if we give him credit for that and like i said sunday um he is but he's also capable of working with all of the information mm. with the motives of the heart i mean only i mean he we think we know what people are doing. Yeah. You know, we get it figured out. Oh. But mm-hmm. only God knows the motives and um, the reasoning. So we can trust him mm. to do what is right. Yeah. We can trust him with that. And our job is just to be merciful. Sure. And, um, you know, if, if, if we really believe that's who God is, um, and the goal for us is to be like Jesus, you know, like like him to the best of our ability, then then I think we, we should be merciful in all that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, we were talking a little bit beforehand of, I don't know if we said it on this podcast. I think, I think we probably have, you know, it's hard to know what we have and haven't said maybe on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think there for us as believers, we should desire that all people experience this. 
no matter what, experience mm. the freedom we have, the freedom from oppression, the relationship with God, the, like our desire above all else is that all people should experience mm. this. Good. You know, even if they haven't like, you know, said a little prayer or, you know, or whatever, whatever we think that you're supposed to do or say or whatever, but man, like our desire should be that no one would go to this thing that whatever you want to say hell is, you know what I'm saying? Like right. our desire should be that no one would experience that. And I think sometimes, unfortunately in the church, we have this mentality and we go about living our lives and living the theology and living our faith with this mentality of just being okay. And almost this mentality that we have this desire that those people who don't make a decision, who don't believe the way that I do, who don't live life the way that I do, or I think the, what, the way that the Bible says that they should go to hell. And it's just mm-hmm. like, that to me is such an oxymoron and such an upside down reality to the kingdom way of life. I just, I, I can't, I don't, I don't understand it because everything within us, everything within us that we have truly been forgiven, just like the merciful, like the unmerciful servant last, last week, we have been forgiven so much and experienced such grace and mercy in our lives. Like everything within us should desire that everybody would experience this grace right. and this mercy, but it's so easy to live the other way. And like I said, to put our justice on God, to personify that onto God, to put our wrath onto God and just not let God be God, you know, and let God figure all that out. And um, well, I don't I know. I think too, there is this um, mindset <clears throat> that people think of salvation only as a transfer like from, you know, am I going to go to heaven or hell? And mm. they think of salvation as just a ticket to the right place to get you, you know, to your destiny in the very end. And I think people don't understand that salvation is also for here and now. Mm. And for me, I think the heart of evangelism is not necessarily keeping someone from going to hell but I want them to experience. Mm. I want them to know what it feels like right. to feel the presence of God. I want them to know what it's like to open up their scripture and their heart just pounds because they see something for the first time and just a rush of tears right. just flood because it dawns on them how much they're loved. Right. And in response, they fall on their knees and they worship. I mean, God is good mm-hmm. and he is faithful and he is all these wonderful things that I have experienced. I want everybody to experience that. Yeah. It's so much more than just a heaven or hell kind of thing. Yeah. But that's the mentality, I think, sure. of a lot of believers. And so I think that's why we, you know, use the Bible as our, you know, our weapon. Mm-hmm. And we interpret, you know, what salvation, you know, consists of and who's included and who's not, you know, based on what you do or don't do. Right. And then we just, we withhold mercy thinking that we're defending God. Yeah. God doesn't need he our. He doesn't need our defending <laughs> yeah. at all. <laughs> at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, you know, not to try to like downplay apologetics or whatever. Like I said, I think it's important to know what you believe and why you believe what right. you believe. But I don't, I don't think Jesus came so he could set us, send us out once again to, to defend him. Like, I don't, he doesn't need us to defend him. And um, like he sent us out to show the world who he is and what he's about. And, more so than not, it's not about what we say. 
It's about what we do. It's about what we do. Is it merciful? Yep. It's about what we do. And um, yeah, that's it's so pivotal. And this, these passages from the lectionary today, like you said, are a, a great rollover from last week. It's almost this extension. Like what? What's our response, you know, when we, we've experienced the grace of God? But what's also our response when God's grace is given to other people, his mercy is shown to other people? What's going to be the response of his people? And um, mm-hmm. his people's response, unfortunately, throughout Scripture hasn't always been the, the best. Right. And, uh, and that's really um, what a lot of the passages uh, for lectionary are all about. Um, and, you know, I think we're not going to read all of them. I think we're going to probably read one of them. Um, but, uh, but unfortunately the response is not always what I think God's desire is for his people's response to be when he shows mercy, when he shows grace, um, the response of God's people, um, as we're going to see here in a little bit is, is not rejoicing, but it's grumbling. Right. Lord help us. Murmuring. (laughs) (laughs) All of those things. And um, and so I think, you know, this week's passages should force us to really take that internal look um, at ourselves and for us to begin to try to work through and figure out, man, what is my response? And and how how should I respond? Right. And these passages that we're going to read about, it's it's not these only passages. You know, there's (laughs) more passages in Scripture that talk about how do we respond. Um, You know, I think of like the prodigal son, the oldest son. It's it's not in there. Obviously, the Pharisees, when Jesus was here, was grumbling, complaining that he was eating with tax collectors and sinners and all that. Even in the New Testament, you have disciples wanting to call down fire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. So, I I mean, it's it's really all over Scripture. Um, And... There's a lot of things that are out of our control, but what I like about this and maybe our response is that it's very much within our control. Yeah. And um, so we tend to focus on the things that we can't control. We can't control who God shows mercy and grace to, mm-hmm. but our response, that's within our control. That's right. within our ability to truly, truly be able to change how we view those situations right. when God is God. And um, so that's what I love about this. So. Um, we're going to be reading from Jonah. Yay. Yes. Jonah. And, uh, I don't know if you, fish. I don't know if you want to read or you want me to read. I can, I can do it if you want me to. Uh, so I'll, I'll read it. And, um, this is going to be actually our fourth attempt to read it. <laughs> <Just> for y'all <laughs> to know. We've been stopping and, uh, we can't get through this. So, uh, let's try to read Jonah. Maybe we, we maybe we picked the wrong passage. Um, maybe God's trying to tell us something. All right. Jonah chapter three, uh, verse 10 and then four through 11 reads like this. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. And he prayed to the Lord, and he said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. What's the problem? I know, I know. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? (laughs) And then Jonah went out to the city, and he sat down east of the city, and he made a booth for himself there. And he sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. He still had hope that it was going to be destroyed. (laughs) 
And the Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might Mm. die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. And then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor, in which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Mm, love that. It's hard. I, I, you <laughs> love it in one instance, but it's so hard in the other instance. Yeah, I love what God has to say to him. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. This is a man that has already been swallowed up by a fish. Yes. I mean, that is crazy. And shown mercy and grace within those moments. Because he was so st- what, can I say stupid on here? Sure. <laughs> it's our podcast. <laughs> we have children listening. I just said a bad word. <laughs> but, you know, it was so stupid of him, you know, in the very beginning of the story. And so then he swallowed by the fish. He's vomited out. And he still didn't learn anything. Yeah. yeah. And so, and again, can, I just, I'm trying to imagine having a heart so full of hate. Yeah. For, so, I mean, you have to be hateful mm. if you want a whole entire city, women, children, yep. to be killed. To be destroyed. Just, yeah. <laughs> what kind of person won't set up on... Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Like, on, on such a deep level. I mean, and this very much goes to the reality, I think, of what we were talking about before. This story just so highlights the mentality, unfortunately, of, of people, you know, and I think this is a very, once again, this is a very worldly way of thinking about people and thinking about, um, when people wrong you. And that's, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody listening probably knows the story, but the Ninevites weren't always good to the Israelites. Right. And so there, there is this, this kind of going back and forth. There is this history that the Ninevites have with the Israelites, And they weren't always good to the Israelites. And so, um, you know, I I just kind of apply that today. Like, once again, like how many times when someone treats us, mistreats us, and this is is hard for me. Like, this is so hard for me to talk about this. But when someone mistreats us, like, there's this this desire that, you know, we we don't want them to experience the grace of God. And we hold it against them. Um, and it's, it's tough. But, you know, I talked about that Sunday too, about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation to be reconciled. You have to have someone that's willing to repent, but God tells us, you know, that he still wants us to forgive whether or not they repent. But even in this story of Jonah, they Mm. did, they they even repented. It says when God saw what they did, and of course he would know their hearts, he would know their motives. Right. And they turned from their evil way. No. They did. No. And Moses, I mean, not Moses, Jonah says, man, just kill me, God. Just I'd kill me. Die. And he knows, <laughs> like I said, he's experienced this God. Like he knows that this God is gracious, slow to anger, steadfast in love. Like he goes through this whole list of who God is. 
Sorry, I just hit the table because <laughs> I'm getting, getting excited. excited. <laughs> Goes through this whole list of who God is. He knows who God is. He's experienced right. who God is. He's experienced this God on such a deep, deep, deep level. And for God to be that, his mind frame is, it's just better for me to die. You know, I, I knew this story and I knew that he was mad that God was going to save them. But I had forgotten that part that he says, I knew that you were gracious and merciful, slow to anger. You're, it's just it's like, okay, so I guess all that grace and mercy just belongs to me. Yeah. You know, and if he's going to give it to somebody that I don't like, then just kill me. I'd rather, I mean, who would rather die? Oh, yeah. And I think we have people today. Like, that's what's so scary to me. And I think we have people in the church today. Yeah. Lord, help us that we're in the same position as Jonah, that we would rather die than for God to show mercy and grace to a group of people or to any people. And it's just like, man, we really, really need to take a step back. Right. <laughs> and we really need to evaluate the reality of this and we need to take this and we need to learn from this because i mean if if we ever get to that position of well i'd rather die <laughs> than someone else receive grace and mercy mm-hmm. and love and compassion then lord and it's us. not yours to give i mean it's god's grace That's you know it. it is his and he is entitled mm. to to show mercy and grace to whom he wants to. And we see that in the gospel passage with, you know, the, the workers you right. know, that they agreed to be paid a certain amount. And then somebody else shows up at the end of the day yep. and they don't have to work as hard and they get paid the, the same, same amount. amount. Yeah, same amount. And so instead of, you know, saying, oh, good for you. You didn't have to work so hard. It was like, what? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not fair. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, I mean, we don't know their stories. We don't know yeah. where they came from and how they labored the day before and mm-hmm. maybe were mistreated or I mean, we, you know, yeah, you yeah, never yeah. know the whole story. You never know. God does. Right. And he knows the motives, he knows the rest of the story. He knows and we have to get to where we just trust him yep. to be the one that's going to, you know, yeah. give his mercy and grace. And that should push us to a place <laughs> It really should. Like I said, that we were talking about earlier, that truly our desire should be, if, I think if we are people who really love Jesus and love God with everything that we are, our desire should truly be that no one, no one, right. no one would be separated from him ever, ever. Yeah. And, and no one would ever miss yep. the goodness. Yep. On a deep level. Because none of us deserve it. None of us. Exactly. And, you know, I've grown up in the church my whole life. You know, I've been pursuing God my whole life. been trying. I've always done well at that. Like, absolutely not, you know. Um, but, man, like, what I have experienced just in, like I said, forgiveness and mercy and grace, like, I never, I didn't earn, I didn't earn it, you know. There was nothing I've done to, to make myself more valuable or attainable for that, you know, like, it's just a gift that's freely given to us, and we are so stingy with that gift when it comes to other people that we just don't feel like other people should be able to receive that same gift that we did. And and the good news is, though, is that God will help us. Sure. When we, I think when we live, going back to the spiritual disciplines study that we did, right. when we stay in a posture of, 
Lord, search my heart. Mm. You know, what's in there? You know, um, what needs to change? Because we we have grown up mm. with this, you know, bias, and we've, we've grown up yep. with those kind of things. And it takes a while to, to change it's our good. thoughts. And, you know, we have to constantly ask the Lord to search us and to check our our judgment our, mm. our judgment our attitudes of judgment yeah, yeah, yeah. and to change it mm. i mean we need to say i don't like this about me i don't like that i just had you know a snarly attitude towards that person yep. and bring it to him as quickly as the thought comes into your mind and bring it to him and say i'm sorry help me you know and he, he'll give you more opportunities you know um, that's the beautiful part because God wants us to succeed mm. at this. He wants us to, um, He wants us to be a merciful people. And right. what kind of of a God would say, "Okay, I'm going to help you do this," yeah. and He will. But we have to be willing. We have to be the ones that open our hearts and allow Him to just search. And that's what's so cool about the Exodus passage because that's exactly what you're talking about right there. Like God. <laughs> brings them through the Red Sea, which we were once again having a conversation earlier, like imagine the faith that they had to have, like every step that they mm-hmm. were walking at any moment, this could come crashing in. And so it's not that God always takes us out of, you know, our hard situations, right. but he definitely journeys with us through them. And they sing this, you know, beautiful song last week, the lectionary, it was this beautiful song when they got mm-hmm. to the other side, a song of praise, song of, and then th- this week's passage is they start grumbling, yeah. man, it would have been better for us to die in Egypt than to be out here. And God, we don't have any food. Like, you know, like we need food and God, we don't have any meat. Like we don't. And, and so they're, they're grumbling and they are complaining. But the beautiful thing about God, <laughs> and sometimes for some people, this is hard too. But like the beautiful thing about God is he doesn't leave his people. Right. He continues to journey with his people. He continues to provide for his people. He continues to love. And I think there is this hope in this, that God has this hope for his people. Um, is one day they'll understand. Right. <laughs> one day they'll understand. I know they're griping and I know they're complaining right now, but man, if they could just understand and get a glimpse of the goodness of me mm. and how I have been so good to them, and then maybe their desire will really become, man, God, may you have show this goodness to all people. Right. May you show this goodness to all people. And so that's what it is. Wow. It's, it's this transformation, you know, like, like I said, that's what I love about lectionary and, and I'm so thankful that we have a God that will continue to journey with us. And he will continue to journey with his church. He loves right. his church. Now, is the church always the greatest representation of him and what he's all about? No. Like like we see it. We see it in Jonah. We see it, once again, in the Israelites. We even see it, you know, in the Pharisees. We see but there's something beautiful that God loves his church. And the church truly is this avenue that he desires to show the world who he is and what he's all about. But the question is, is what are we doing as a church? Because that's what we can control. That's, that's what we have control over. What's going to be our response? Are we going to respond like Jonah? Are we going to respond like the Israelites? Are we going to respond like these workers? Or are we going to choose to respond in a different way and totally allow God to transform our minds and create churches that aren't these places where a group can get together and we can be judgmental and we can be unforgiving and we can be harsh and we can grumble and we can complain. But man, are we going to create places where the church truly is a table? That's what the church is to be, where all people can come in and all are welcomed and can come to the table. 
And we extend love, we extend grace, we extend mercy, just as God has done to us. What kind of church and what kind of people are we going to be? And I just see that picture of Jesus where he stands up and he says, come, you know. Um, he offers bread. He offers everything that we need, but he invites every person to come. Are you weary, heavy laden? Come, you know. Who doesn't that explain? That explains everybody, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, his invitation is to all. And who are we to take that back? Mm. Who are we to say, no, you're not really invited? Yeah. Mm. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Oh, this is such good stuff. And I've been challenged today uh, on a very, very deep level. And um, we hope that you're challenged that, like I said, the title of our podcast is Growing Hope. It's Growing Hope. And I think about Jonah. <laughs> and that was anything but hope, you know, Um and it was anything but living faith. Um, so, man, may we be a people that we are growing hope, you know, right. in the world around us. Man, we do that by living our faith, by as we've experienced grace and mercy and love and all of these things, the slowness to anger of God that Jonah describes God with. As we've experienced all of these things, man, may we extend this and share those things with right. the world. And I think God will make a difference in the world around us if yes. we're willing to do that. I believe it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening. And if you have any comments or questions, uh, please reach out to us. We have email. It's Growing Hope Living Faith at Gmail. And we also have a Facebook page. Yeah, it's Growing Hope Living Faith podcast uh, on Facebook. And so reach out to us there. Yeah, so feel free to ask us any questions that we don't, we may not have the answers. You might be wanting to know what was in the house (laughs) (laughs) that we talked about earlier on the podcast. But anyway, we just want to say thank you and have a blessed week and we will see you next week. That's right. We know you are loved. Grace and peace. God bless. Bye-bye. In my own country, this is why I fled to Tarshish. Ah, let's start over. What? I can't, my, my Contacts are so blurry. Oh, you're fine. You want me to read it? I can read it. I'll just go ahead and read it. So this is what we're going to do. So this is coming from Jonah, chapter 3, and starting in verse 10, and then we're going to go all the way uh, to 4 through 11. There's only one verse in chapter 3, so don't feel like we're going to be reading all of chapter 3. But it goes like this. When God saw that they did... (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 